0: Welcome to Beauty and the Mess, redefining what it means to have it all and how to find fulfillment in life. And now your host, transformational life coach and creator of the active word line, Beauty and the Mess, Robin Emmerich.
1: Welcome to Beauty and the Mess. Today, we've got Dr. Jen Welter, first female coach of the NFL. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you.
0: Well, I think any of us who have done great things know that life is both a beauty and a mess. So how could I not be here?
1: <laughs> that, is, that is so true. Um, so I'd love for you to, to start kind of with your story of, of how you got to, of course, be the first female coach and, and also share with us about all that you're doing now, because I, I know that you are, are just continuing on this incredible journey.
0: Um you know, for me, it was, um, like a lot of great things happen. It's just having a passion and a love for something and, and continuing to do it though. Others may call you crazy. In fact, mm-hmm. you know, I've been called crazy more times than I could count, but if, if somebody else saw what you saw, they would have done what you you're doing. And if they had the same passion and vision, um, that you wouldn't be the first. So, For me, I I was a longtime player of women's tackle football, uh, was one of the best in the world for a long time. I was an eight-time pro bowler, four-time Super Bowl champion, two-time gold medalist. Um, And then I got into the world of men's tackle football, and I did it in the most painful way possible. I actually played. So for an entire season, I got tackled by guys every day, and I learned a lot in the process. But mostly what I learned was that we could be really good teammates for each other. And um, the way we related to each other caught the attention of the head coach the following season, uh, former Dallas Cowboy Wendell Davis. And he was just impressed with how we related. And he said, you have to coach my football team. And I, of course, was like, no, I don't. uh, Girls don't coach football. I'm not doing that. I don't. I, I don't think any women are coaching in men's pro football. Like no, and thankfully Wendell drop kicked me to success. Not only would he not let me say no, he accepted the job on my behalf and um, not so subtly reminded me that um, if I quit, the entire narrative would be we had a girl once and she quit. And for a lot of women out there, you know, we may not project ourselves up into roles like that if we can't see it. Um, but we also won't fail. And I think he recognized that in me and, um, you know, he did what a good football coach uh, often does, which is recognize talent and then put you in a position to succeed. Um, That that was my first coaching opportunity. And then a very magical thing happened uh, when I was coaching for the Texas Revolution. Um, Sarah Thomas was hired as the first full-time female ref in NFL history. And as a result of her hire, a reporter asked Bruce Arians, who was at that time the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, if he could ever see a female coaching in the NFL, and B.A.'s um, answer was simple and refreshing. He said, the second a woman proves that she can make these guys better, she'll be hired. Um, So I eventually proved that to him, I guess you could say, and uh, became the first female coach in NFL history.
1: Wow, that that is incredible. What was it within you that continued to not quit?
0: Yes and no. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't think of it as being a choice to quit. Honestly, mm-hmm. like this is who I am, and I think that that's a little bit different. Like you can quit a job, but you can't quit who you are. Who you are. You may mm-hmm. you know you may take a a slightly different route, um, but it, it's it's definitely something that is in you um i mean for me you know i'm not coaching in the nfl but does that mean i'm not a football coach or does that mean i'm not even a coach period you know i have i have honestly the opportunity to not only coach football in a lot of different ways which i would say i like to look at the game differently um and see where we can get a little creative but also you know people who are around me is like oh you know I just need a dose of coach Jen and that has nothing to do with football mm-hmm. so who I am and how I I view the world is me and that the application might might change right just last weekend I was with one of our mutual friends Ingrid Vanderbilt and mm-hmm. we were coaching um at a pitch competition for visa at fashion week right so couldn't be any further away from what people traditionally think of me as as being you know football coach Jen and yet it was very much in line with who I am so you know we evolve as humans and and our journey is our journey but I don't ever look at it as necessarily quitting because I can't quit who I am. I'm not one day going to be like, Nope, I'm not that person. Like I'm not coach Jen, just go talk to somebody else. I may put my doctor hat on, I may put, you know, my fashion week dress on or something else, but I'm always who I am. And that is somebody who just loves to look at the world creatively and, and see where we can elevate others in the process.
1: I love that. And such a great point because, you know, I see so many, especially women looking at their job as defining who they are. And your message is the exact opposite of that,
0: which is. It really is. I mean, and and it's so hard though, because the first question most people Mm -hmm. ask is, you know, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah. Right. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I get that, right. Like, what do I do? Gosh, that's a long answer. Mm-hmm. Um, what have I done? Uh, that's, you know, that's also a long answer. But I think for those of you who make a pledge like I do, and, you know, I, I grew up on the show Married with Children. I loved it, right? Yes. Um, and Albany, <laughs> I love he, he yeah. I loved that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, him, he, was, he was still talking about his four touchdowns at Polk High School that one time. And we all know that person. And I always said I never wanted to be Al Bundy on my couch sitting there talking about what I did. I always want to look at my life as like, what can I do with what I've done, right? I opened a door in the NFL, and that is fantastic. But it's only as good as the people and the change that comes because of it. We see a lot of, well, and not a lot because, you know, I always wish there were more. But we are seeing more and more females getting opportunities in the NFL and with every one of them it's like you know amazing because five years ago that was impossible Mm -hmm. and it had never been done before and people wondered was it possible would guys in the NFL take coaching from a woman and it's it's one of those things that it's like okay asked and answered and once it's been asked and once it's been answered definitively then it's like oh okay well we can do this this makes sense And things that previously were impossible become, you know, not only possible, but probable.
1: I love that. Now, what is that vision that you have for girls to continue, not only football, but your life's message? You know,
0: for me, I think there's there's something very special about football in this conversation. Um, And it's It's because of this. They've traditionally said that football was the final frontier for women in sports. Um, and so I always took that as a challenge. Like if this is the final frontier, then if we can win here, if we can do it the right way, um, can't we do anything? And so for me to have this sport that we call American football, okay. Um, it is known all across the world as this is this is our sport in this country, this is what we do. And yet at the same time, it's also the only sport that doesn't have gender parity at any level from peewees to the pros, right? Mm-hmm. There's, not, there's not the same extent of Pop Warner, high school, college, or professional opportunities. And so if it's America's game and women still aren't allowed to play it, that's a problem, right? If girls are growing up saying that, you know, they, they don't even know if they're allowed to play, right? Like that's the thing. You don't have to tell them that they're not allowed to play it. The, the sport of football suffers from sins of omission, meaning we're omitted from every level of the conversation. So why would the girls see it and think otherwise? And so in this sport, we can really move the cultural needle forward significantly every time we break down one of those things or one of those places where we say girls can't because dot, 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 or you throw like a girl or you catch like a girl. Now, listen, you either throw a football properly or you don't, you either catch a football or it drops on the ground. It's not like, you know, for the most part, you can't do it because you have female hands or body parts. That's not the case. But the truth is that girls, aren't socialized into the game of football the same way or to the same extent that a lot of the boys are. So then if they step up onto the same field, regardless of being the same age as the boys, a lot of the times they're fundamentally at a disadvantage because they haven't had the same access to coaching. Well, I look at it this way. If we can take the girls onto this field in a place that traditionally has been labeled as not for them, and we can show them that with great coaching, they can do whatever they want to, whether it's you know play this game at the highest level, or it 's just to be able to go out and and um, play street ball with your friends. You just need to learn the right way to do it, and then yes, you can do it too. So what we can do is move the confidence needle for girls through football because it 's not a place where they traditionally have such high expectations of themselves that we can get in there in a really real, real way and teach them life lessons and composites through football. And that's, that's what I like to do.
1: That's amazing because what you're talking about is really also so much of what every woman needs, whether it's football or going after, you know, like you talk about your creativity and passion in life and not quitting.
0: hundred uh, percent. And it's really just being, able to see yourself in a different way and to realize that like you can do these things. And that also that, you know, not being able to do everything perfectly the first time, Mm -hmm. um, that's just a part of the growth process, but, uh, women and girls, particularly, um, in such, um, such a social, um, image conscious society that we're in now, um, we have been taught, um, almost that it's better to not try and fail than it's better to try and try again until you succeed. And the avoidance of failure, as opposed to the pursuit of success is a mentality that we have to get get away from. And we have to realize that that the journey is is part of the beautiful process. And anybody who's good at anything has Mm -hmm. had really hard times and that sometimes you have to you have to get a little ugly and get a little awkward and that that's where the magic happens.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. So true. What were some of your greatest struggles as you were, I guess, whether you were first starting or becoming, um, becoming the first female coach?
0: Um, you know, I think that there's always, I think that's an ongoing process. I don't think mm-hmm. it's been necessarily the things people would expect. Um, you know, people always thought, like, maybe the guys wouldn't take coaching. Well, that's not true. Actually, the guys were some of my biggest advocates when I was there, and they still are to this day. And that, that extends past guys that I've coached. It's, mm-hmm. you know, guys who are in the league. There's, there's a real appreciation um, for overcoming and defying odds, especially for the guys who all of them um, have overcome extreme odds in, in terms of getting into the National Football League. So there's, there's a lot more support there than, than there was pushback, which was surprising to most, most people. Yeah, and frankly, incredible. one of the things that people underestimate is how many of those men have been raised by very strong women. So they've been coached by women their whole lives, regardless of whether or not it was in football. So Mm -hmm. to have a woman who they know as some of the the people who have been there the most for them and probably their fiercest allies, to have a woman in football be able to be an accessory to their success in football, um, it was like, it was something that the guys really appreciated. And, you know, they would, they would comment on often of how how amazing it was to have a woman um, who got them, meaning got wow. football like they did, right? right? But they would often say, "Like, man, you get me. Well, we we love the same thing. We share a passion. So mm-hmm. yes, I have a level of understanding um, through that sport that you may not have experienced before. Doesn't mean that you won't again, but you know, here's here's why it feels that way. And so to even be able to share that conversation was pretty special um i think the problems that kind of surprised me more would be like things along the lines of you know um expectations or things that hadn't been done um maybe outside even the league like you think you did this um, a- amazing thing right and then um it would be like oh but but yeah, that still can't happen. You'd be like, wait, what do you mean? Like, for example, when I, when I went to get my first book published, um, the, the book got turned down by all of the publishers as a straight, like sports memoir. And they said, well, women in football doesn't sell. And I was like, well, pretty sure I was the first. So how many times have you tried? And it was like, wow, this is really a thing still. And it's like we may, we may have, may have break, broken that barrier in the NFL specifically, but hadn't yet in in terms of culture and acceptability and mm. media and, you know, all of these different levels. Um, like everybody looks at even the things that I've done since then and they'll say, oh, well, your manager and your team and your all of these things must be so amazing. And I just kind of laugh because, you know, Um, when I got out of the NFL, I didn't have agencies beating down my door or managers wanting to put these deals together, or even really brands wanting to work with me. Um, everything that I've done, I've created. Um, it's not been, it's not been the, the level of support that most people would imagine or the level of support that women are experiencing now, which is, is great to see. Um, and also it's kind of like, dang, like it really is painful to be, um, to be early sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Like, it, Definitely. Fruit of it. yeah, you know, being first is, is it sounds sexy, right? Like everybody's, oh, I want to be the first, like you're the first to this and first I'm like, no, 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 actually the, the PowerPoint is when you're not talking about firsts anymore. The, the PowerPoint mm-hmm. is when it's starting to be a new normal. And, and there is an energy um, around this exponential growth when people are excited about seeing progress. Um, The first is often the, you know, the face of nightmares or the one that people, you know, kind of dread because it was a change they weren't ready for.
1: Right, and I can imagine you, ha- I mean, you were paving every step of the way and coming up against obst- con- consistent obstacles that you were having to overcome.
0: It, I mean, it's just, it's ones that you may not think about, which right. is, you know, is, is the part where it's it's interesting, is that people maybe don't know what to do with you, or they had not thought of things like that, and... And you just kind of go, "Okay, is this really that hard to see?" But you know the truth is innovation is is very hard to see, and when it's early it it seems almost impossible um, mm-hmm. and Though it was unlikely, um, it wasn't impossible, and then people start putting resources to creating a new normal, which is kind of the time that we're seeing now, right, mm-hmm. and that people are are excited and brands are putting you know, dollars and visibility behind, you know, uh, like the biggest conversation around Super Bowl commercials was actually the fact that there were so many that had girls in football cameos, whether it was Katie Sowers, the Microsoft commercial, or the secret commercial that showed a girl taking her helmet off um, after having kicked a field goal, or, you know, Tony Harris tackling Ray Lewis, like, Those are all things that never would have happened before. And yet, those were three different instances from from three different conversations or three different companies in the same conversation.
1: Wow. I remember for the first time when I met you, you were speaking at Billionaire Weekend for Women. I remember, I will never forget, your presence on stage was so powerful that I remember afterwards, I was just in awe and I watched, actually, I think I stood in that line as well, but I watched woman after woman in line to get, your, to get their book signed by you. And I, I don't even have words to describe it, but I just remember your <laughs> essence was so, feminine and light with such depth and power behind it.
0: Hmm. I appreciate that. I,
1: yeah, no, I, I will never forget it. I, I mean, I remember it clear as day. I, I really, in, in, in words, words can't describe it. Um, but I just think back to what you said in the beginning with your mission of elevating others and how, maybe even though that innovation wasn't laid out that innovation was within your heart it was placed in your heart and given you this ability to not only innovate in your field but also to really speak out in a larger way than most women may not have the courage to right you know I, mean, so I think, what's happening right now yeah. is is a part of our voices getting louder
0: And and it is, and that's part of, you know, it's, it's always what I say is like, once it's been done, it can't be undone,
1: Mm -hmm. right?
0: Once you start to see yourself in in a different way, or women in a different way, or girls in a different way, or, you know, purchasing power in a different way, um, you can't unsee it. Now, you may not always have the courage to step up into it fully at first, but that's okay, right? Like, it's, The, the truth is that, like, we we are all a work in progress. And um, when presented with challenges, it's kind of like, okay, all right, well, what do we do now? And realizing that it that it doesn't necessarily have to be perfect in order to be progress, that's okay. Um, but I think a lot of the times we have been bred to be so afraid of the unknown that we're not we're not willing to get known.
1: Yes. Yes. A hundred percent.
0: Thank you for sharing
1: that. What is the biggest advice that you would recommend to the younger girls that are just starting out in football, you know, in particular, the ones that are in their schools as the only girl on the team, what is, what is your biggest advice for those girls?
0: Well, you know, thankfully, I mean, there are so many more opportunities for girls in football than than there have been previously um and i think it's also realizing that though you might be alone on one team that you're not alone in your love of the game and and to find some of that that sisterhood right like that is a that is a good thing right like and and you can you can absolutely tap into it, which means whether it's the women playing, you get to get mentorship or, you know, finding a girls flag team or a girls flag league where you get to learn and compete against girls, Um, you know, find the people who are for you. And also don't feel like there has to be the assumption that the boys won't want you there. You know, one of the things I always tell girls is, let your game speak louder than your gender, meaning if you're good, they're going to want you, but they don't owe you a spot simply because you're a girl and you want to play, right? Everybody mm-hmm. on that field has to earn their spot. So the best, the best remedy is to be really good, because guess what? If a quarterback has to throw a ball and you catch every ball he ever throws to you, right? Like, mm-hmm. where do you think he's going to want to throw the ball? Mm-hmm. To the person who catches it. And so that means if you want to go out there and play, then you know what? If, you're, if your hands weren't great at first, go out, find a friend or a sibling or a parent who will throw you a hundred balls a day and make sure that you're catching all of them because then the next time a ball is thrown your way, you'll catch it. And success is addictive. So give them a reason to be addicted to you because guess what? They will always have your back. They'll be like, you know what? You just and then, then the the conversation will will turn because guys will be like, man, our team's so good. Like our girl scored on you, right? And <laughs> and that is a that is a, a tipping point, right? Like our offense score on you all over the place. She just ran past you. You see that? And whereas some people look at that as, you know, you don't want the female title part of it. It's actually a a really culturally significant thing for the guys to say right like man Mm -hmm. she just burned you right (laughs) like I used to love it when my guys would take it as a point of pride that I played on the same field as they do and it was something that they rallied around and and they were proud of and they were proud of um you know advancing the conversation so I think just Mm -hmm. realizing that you know we can we can advance that that conversation in in a very real way and be good you know don't don't feel bad about yourself um for being different let your skills speak for you and guess what being different will be special as opposed to oh we got to get the ball to the girl like be like that's my girl and she will score on you it's just a very different conversation
1: I love that and yet applies to everyone in life really and Absolutely. allowing their difference and skill to to shine rather than rather than hide.
0: Mhm. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much. Any like last bits of wisdom that you want to share or anything that you can share with us that's up and coming for you? Um, you know, I
0: mean, I think it's just really looking for ways to change the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, I would tell anybody, if you enjoyed this, you can get more pieces of those wisdom in, um, in my book, which is uh, play big lessons in being limitless from the first uh, woman to coach in the NFL. Um, Easily, you know, you can easily get it on Amazon with free shipping. I'm always a fan of that. Yes. Um, And
1: where can people find you on social media
0: as well? Yes, on social. It's at jwelter47 on Twitter, welter47 on Instagram. I think it's actually welter47 on LinkedIn as well. And it's Dr. Jen Welter on Facebook. And then it's jenwelter.com is my website.
1: Girl, you are such an amazing inspiration. And I'm so grateful to have you here to have met you and continue to uh,
0: support you. Absolutely. My pleasure. And thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, keep, uh, keep putting great messages out there for others. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on Beauty and the Mess. Feel free to visit Robin on Instagram at Robin underscore Emmerich. Keep on living your beautiful life and embrace the mess.